Well, praise God, and we just welcome you this morning. And, uh, you know, every single week uh, we try to pray for a different ministry because uh, we are not the best body of Christ. We're a part of the best body. And so what we uh, seek to do and what we purpose in our heart to do every week is not just pray for blessings for us, but pray for blessings for other parts of the body of Christ and make sure that we're not just always inward focused, but we're focused on the body of Christ. Amen. So this week we're going to pray for Growing Family Church and Pastor Larry and Glenda Wilkins. So will you pray with me and agree with me for Growing Family like you're praying for yourself? Will you agree with me? Amen. So Lord, right now we just pray and we lift up Growing Family Church. Father, we praise you for them. We thank you for who they are in the body of Christ. We thank you for their call. We thank you for their vision. We thank you for new life and life in abundance that they are bringing in this area. And Lord, right now, we just lift up their leadership. May the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge flow through them. Let every fiery dart of the enemy against growing family, against their leadership, against Pastor Larry and Glenda be quenched in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just ask that your blessings will abound on them. Lord, anybody that's supposed to be there, just rise up, Lord. Anybody that, that the devil's just been trying to deceive in their mind over that, Lord, in Jesus' name, let that thing be cleared up and let them see clearly that's my place. I'm supposed to be there and I'm going to go and give myself to the vision of the place where God has placed me. Lord, we just thank you for that and praise you for growing family. And Lord, we just pray pray for Pastor Larry and Glenda that they would be blessed, blessed, blessed in Jesus' name. And we praise you for their love for you. Amen. Amen. Well, you can turn, uh, turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. And we have been talking about words of life. And I'm looking to, you know, probably, maybe finish it up today. I say that. Uh, with wise patience. On <laughs> that's how I say that, because <laughs> uh, sometimes when I say that, that's just not the way it works. But anyway, we've been talking about words of life and uh, how important words are. And just to give you a very quick review, we talked about in Genesis chapter one, God is a spirit. And he says, in Genesis chapter one, it says over and over and over and over, and God said, and it was, and God said, and it was, and God said, and it was. And then we are made in his image and in his likeness, and our job with our words is to create things as well. But a lot of times what's happened is 6,000 years later, words have become, uh, words are cheap in this society. But God never meant for them to be cheap. He meant for you to be operating in his image and likeness and in his authority and bring about, the, like Jesus prayed in Matthew 6, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Commanding and creating the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. With what? With our words of faith. With words. Creating. So then we said, uh, we do this by believing in our heart and then speaking with our mouth. In Deuteronomy, it says, choose life. And then in Proverbs, it says, here's how you choose. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
And then we need to choose, but how do we choose life? We choose to say the words of God, not our words, God's words. Even Jesus, what did he do? He didn't say anything but what he heard his father say, all right? He, and then the word says that we are accountable for unproductive words or idle words. Words, in James, sets a course for our life. So the course of our life is set on the right course or the wrong course. It works positive or negative by our words. Words cause our minds to be set. The more words we say that are godly, the more our mind is thinking on the spirit and spiritual things. If we say things that are worldly, the more our mind is thinking on fleshly things. And in Romans chapter 8 it says, The mind set on the flesh is death, and the mind set on the spirit is life. So our words create that atmosphere of death and life. And they work, again, positively in that area or negatively. We talked last week about how songs, you know, I, I have, I've heard people all my life, well, I can't remember scripture. I don't remember hardly anything. But man, let a song come on and they'll be like quoting every verse, you know. And, and see, God knows this. The devil knows that. And so he uses music. And we were just given, we gave a couple of examples of some worldly music and just some awful stuff, definitely not the life of God, not the fullness of life, that people are just confessing all the time. Well, it can work the same way. We start putting worship in our mouth. It's one of the great things about music. We start putting in, Lord, I, I just love you. You are magnificent. You are beautiful, Lord, like the, like the song today. And you just, I heard several people this week saying, man, that song's just sticking with me. Well, praise God, it's doing what we want it to do. Is we want our words and our thoughts to be not on the things of the world, but on God. And when our words and our thoughts get on the things of God, our life changes and changes the lives of people around us. And now life in abundance starts to rise up in us and in the people that are around us. Amen? Y'all want that? That's good. Amen. Good. Now... How, today we're talking about how. How do we get our words to be like God? And I know that may sound simple, but we're going to go down a list here in a little bit. And you're going to hear, I guarantee you, you're going to hear one that you probably have said at some time and been like, ooh, I didn't know that was wrong. And, and you're going to hear probably, you know, most of us will hear a lot. And you'll realize I didn't know exactly what I thought I knew, but how do we speak like God? It may sound simple, but we're not, we haven't been doing that. We haven't been doing it well. We can do it better. So how do we get better at our words becoming more like God so that they carry more power and more authority and fulfill the will of God more? How do we do it? There's three things. Three, these are general things. Number one, how do we speak like God? We've got to renew our mind. We've got to renew our mind. How can you speak like God if you don't know Him? Number two, here's a, here's a very logical thing. Get an accountability partner for your words. Somebody where you will check each other on your words. All right? 
Number three, praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, you pray out the perfect will of God. That's one of the biggest powers. See, when you start to realize that words are important, and then you realize that praying in the Spirit is praying the perfect will of God, then you start to recognize why the devil comes against that so much. But if you don't know how important words are, it's not as big of a deal to you. But praying in the Spirit releases the perfect will of God. There's no mixture with the fleshly corruption of your brain. It's only the Holy Spirit flowing through you and speaking out the will of God. It's beautiful. It's one of the best things you can ever do. Really strengthen yourself. So let's look at these three things. Number one, renewing our mind. And I said this, how can you speak for God if you don't know Him? How can you speak for Him if you don't know Him? Does God want us to be ambassadors? Well, what ambassador doesn't understand the priorities of their country? So how can we be a good ambassador if our priorities are not God's priorities? If we don't even understand what His priorities are? How can we be a good ambassador? So in order for our words to line up, we've got to say, and we've got to make it, we have to purpose in our heart to say only what God says. Let me tell you, that takes some effort because this world is teaching you how to say everything the opposite of what God says all the time. I mean, it is, and it's constant. It's, it's one of the things I said from the very beginning. You, you weren't older than this where you started learning a nursery rhyme that said, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. A lie, a lie. Death and life is in your words. Life can be only, but death is in them if you don't watch them. And so it started teaching us early on. I can say what our words are cheap. Words are cheap. See, that should never be a testimony about us. Because to us as Christians, words should never be cheap. If we're saying something, it's because the Lord told us to say something. Well, I might not, I would only talk half the time if that was true, Pastor Brian. Yeah. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and raise your eyebrows and say, Amen. <laughs> amen. That might be a great thing. For some of us around you, it would be awesome. Look to your neighbor, say he's talking about you. <laughs> not, he, not talking about me, I'm sure of it. As we start to learn about our words, we start to recognize. <laughs> Jeremy's got tickled. That's awesome. Joy of the Lord. We begin to realize that speaking like Jesus is loving on Jesus. How can we love on God if we don't speak like him? If Jesus is speaking this way and we're speaking this way, doesn't the word say you're either for me or against me? So how can I speak not like Jesus and be for him and love on him? So how many people want to love on Jesus? Man, I do. 
That means in order for me to really start loving on Jesus, one of the areas I've got to turn around in my life is stop speaking the words of the world and start speaking the words of God. The words of the word. Amen? 1 John 4, 8. Listen, how can you speak for God if you don't know him? 1 John 4, 8 says this. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now this should be us. We want to love on God. And how do we love on God with our words? We speak the words that he says. How did Jesus love on the Father with his words? He only said what he heard his Father say. That was love in action. So how do we love? We put on that same thing. But see verse 8, the one who does not love does not know God. In other words, my words of love are not going to be lined up in love if I don't know him. Now this is talking about relationship with him, but it's also talking about renewing our mind. So we need to renew our mind to the things of God. So let's turn uh, to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. We have to renew our mind. See, renewing our mind is helping us not only for things to go right in our life, but it's helping us to be the love that God's called us to be. It's also helping us to be the ambassador that God's called us to be. So there's a lot more going on in renewing your mind than just your world getting fixed. It's fixing your world and fixing the world around you. You go back to the verse we used in the offering. It says, I want you to have grace that abounds for every good deed. In other words, he wants your deeds to be in abundance. I'm going to fix you, but I'm going to overflow you. And out of that overflow, you're going to help the people around you. Now that one's talking about finances, but it also applies in every spiritual thing. We need to move into the place in every spiritual thing, in this case, words, where our words start to overflow in abundance, godly words so that our godly words will start to overflow into other people's lives as well. For example, if I walked around and I'm like, I sure do wish I could get some anointing. I sure do wish I could get some anointing. It'd be nice if I had some anointing. God, will you anoint me? Come on, I sure do need some power. I sure do wish I had some anointing. Is that helping y'all at all? No, but if I say, look, I am sent, according to John 17, I am sent like Jesus. And Jesus was sent with anointing to set the captives free, to break the bondage off the oppressed, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. This is the anointing that Christ came in, and I am sent like him. I am in him, and he is in me. I abide in him. He abides in me. I'm carrying some of that anointing of God, and as I believe by faith in that anointing, and I start speaking, look, I am an anointed man or woman of God. If y'all, you know, men and women, you can say, I'm anointed of God, and I walk in that. Then when I walk in here, I, that set the course of my life, and then I come in here, I'm expecting Anointing to flow. Well, that anointing's not just for me. That anointing is meant to overflow into the lives of other people. Amen? So in Romans chapter 12, 
Therefore I urge you, brethren, in the King James it says, I beg you, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. In other words, he's saying, look, this is a part of your service. This is, this is what's reasonable. In the King James it says, your reasonable service. And when he says, present your bodies, what he's saying is, anything that happens in this fleshly realm that is not of God, that's what I'm talking about. Well, words happen in this realm. But they are generated in the spirit, and then they come out in this fleshly realm and what he's saying is get a hold of that present your words we can put words here in this in this uh, blank right there we can say present your words holy and acceptable to God this is your reasonable service this is your service of worship to me all of a sudden words again rise up in our priorities a little bit more verse 2 and do not be conformed to this world. Do not let your words be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, in order to have our words transformed, we've got to know who God is, and we've got to know about Him and His kingdom, and we need to be transformed, not conformed to the world, but transformed, allow our mind to be renewed. And when we start doing that, it will prove what the will of God is. How many people do you know, I mean, honestly, that's really out here in this world, whether they recognize it or not, they just want to see some proof that God's here and that he loves them. It's everywhere. Every person, they've got that longing. They've got that God-shaped hole, and only God's going to fill it. And they're just looking for something genuine and real and powerful love. And we've got it. But most of the world maybe hasn't been seeing what they need to see because we haven't given our bodies as living sacrifices. And we've allowed the world to conform us instead of allowing the Word to transform us and renew us. And so... When we start to actually give ourselves is, as that living sacrifice, it proves what the will of God is. And that will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. See, when we put our words into this, kind of put our words into this formula, our whole course of life is shifted and set on a godly course. And that godly course starts to manifest. And all of a sudden, when that godly course starts to manifest, people say, that's the will of God. That's the love of God. Y'all see that power right there? That's the power of God. I need that. It proves. And people say, you know what? His will is good. His will is perfect. I can accept that. I can accept that. In Ephesians 5, you don't have to turn there, but it says we are renewed, we're cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. And then in Titus 3, 5, it says that the Holy Spirit regenerates us and renews us. In other words, when we go into this word, we need to be seeking the Holy Spirit to bring this word and let that word start to wash over us and wash our mouth out. This is the soap your mama meant to use. All right, <laughs> this, is, this is the soap she meant to use. If she used that worldly soap, I'm sorry, but this is the one you really needed, okay? And we need our words cleaned up. Amen? 
All right. So. <laughs> Tell her to go ahead. In general, this is very important. In general, godly words, I want to know what's godly, what's not. Godly in my words. What In general, godly words create positive things. They create. Godly words create. They don't tear down and destroy. They create. And it's the positive good things of God. So if your words aren't creating the positive things of God, it's probably not His words. In general, words, number two, they set free. They bring freedom. Not bondage, not limitations. They set you free. How do I know what's godly words and what's not? Number one, they create positive things. Number two, they set free. Number three, they speak and give life in abundance. If it's not life in abundance, it is not generally a godly thing to be speaking. And all of a sudden, you ought to see right now that our words, they just got limited. Amen. <laughs> they got limited. And that's a good thing. Let, let, me, let me throw this in here. When our words, when we just throw words around, our words become very cheap. We don't even believe our own self. And then we wonder why we can't believe God for healing. Because we're going to uh, put on Him the same value that we value. So in other words, if I'm speaking words, but I don't even believe that it's going to be true, maybe, on, maybe all throughout the week I'm saying one thing, but I come in on Sunday morning and I pretend to be you know, super Christian. Oh, I just love you. But you know you don't love that person. <laughs> and then you know, and your words are, you know, they're cheap. And then, see, here's the thing, though. But you're operating at what you believe to be the best. And I'm going to tell you, you might not think this, but you're going to have a hard time believing that when God says something, it's true too. And so you go to believe God for healing, and he says, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. And you're like, well, I hope he is. I want that to be true, but you're going to have a hard time believing it because you've cheapened your own words, and now you're going to place that value on the words that God says too. Subconsciously, that's going on. So when we step into the place where we value our own words and we set them at a high priority, all of a sudden when our words become a high priority, I'm telling you, all of a sudden when God gives you a promise, it's a higher priority, and you can receive it much more. And now that life is overflowing in you, and you can help the people around you. All right. If your words don't qualify in creating positive th things, setting free or bringing freedom, and giving life, then we should not say them. We shouldn't say them. And it's very important here, you know, as you're speaking, because sometimes people get trapped in legalism, and you shouldn't get in legalism over your words. Your words are not a payment, okay? It's not a payment. Jesus made a payment one time for all, and it was the greatest payment, and your payment's not going to be worth more than that. But your words do line up in your love towards God and create things that are better and more profitable by us living a godly life. Your words are a part of that formula, a big part of that formula. 
uh, how big? Death and life are in the power. It's a big part of the formula, okay? So here's what you got to say, though. But a lot of times, like, we need to talk about things. Like, let's say you come up for healing or something, and you say that, hey, you know, you're, you're sitting there sniffling. <laughs> you know, sniffling, you're like, I need help. I need healing, Right, but you want you know that you're healed, and so now you're kind of in between, you know, what the world would say, a, a rock and a hard place. Like, do I tell them I'm sick or do I tell them I'm healed? And if I say I'm healed, is he even going to say, well, what are you doing up here if you're healed? Then, you know, so what do I say? And so what you can say, there's a difference between, and this is very important in learning how to place your words correctly. There's a difference between talking about things past and things that are now and in the future. If you say something now and in the future, you're prophesying. If you talk about it in the past, then you're telling what did happen. In other words, I can walk up and I can say, look, I have been dealing with sickness all week long. I know that I'm healed. I'm asking for us to agree for that healing to manifest right now. I'm not believing down the road. I'm right now. And so what you're doing, you're prophesying now that I'm healed, but you're able to communicate how we can be in agreement. Okay. Now that's important because a lot of the wrong words that we say is ones will, where we will confess ungodly uh, death, corruption things in the present or in the future. Let's go over some of these. I want to give you some examples of right or wrong words, and there's a lot of them here. You can see that whole thing on boomerangchurch.org slash notes. I have all these. They wouldn't fit on your handout, but you can go there and look at them because you're probably going to want to reference this list. Now, here's the thing. These are examples of right and wrong words, and it's a, it's a healthy list, but... This is not all of them. I, I told, our, I, I told a couple of people that's been working on their words for some time now, I said, send me some of these. Well, it just went on and on and on and on, and you're going to see what I'm saying. So I'm going to give you the wrong thing to say, and then I'm going to give you uh, what could be the right thing, depending on the situation. There you go. That's good. So it says this. How about this? I'm just weak. Is that... All right, so let's put it through the test. Is that creating positive things? Is that setting me free? I'm weak. Is it giving me life in abundance? No. No, no, no. All right, I'm, I'm just weak. Now that can be I'm physically weak. I just feel weak. Oh, my goodness. Or it could be, look, I keep tripping over my sin. I'm just weak. I'm just a filthy sinner. I'm just weak. It could be either one of those. That doesn't fulfill what the requirements for what we should say at all. I'm just weak. No, no, no. The word says, and, and it even clues us in, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. And then you go over into Ephesians, and it says, I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In other words, see, the world and the corruption would have us focusing on how, the way I'm feeling, the, the, my history, and say, I'm just weak, right? But the Lord says, no, 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 that's not what you look at. You don't look at your own power. You look at my power. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. How about this? All right, don't go down. Don't be, don't be going down the list. I see you going down the list. Don't go down the list. Stay with me. Pay attention to the, because there will be little things that will set you free in what I'm saying. 
All right. Matter of fact, just take that off. It's, it's there. You can go look at it later. Amen. Um, how about this? Your friend or family is leaving the house. Be careful. Well, I've said that all my life. Well, I did too. Until words started becoming a priority to me. But what does the word say about careful? It says, be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. All right? Well, what am I? So every time somebody goes away, what am I telling them? To do something exactly opposite that God said to do. That's not loving on God. That's not loving on that person. Well, what's wrong with being careful? Cast your cares on the Lord, not take cares. So I said, Lord, what, how do I, you know, years ago now, I said, oh, I just, I, um, I said, I want to say something like, <laughs> you know, if I can't say nothing, I'm just like motioning them like it's very impersonal and that's not our culture. What do I say? And he said, well, what did I say? I'm like, I, that's why I'm asking you, Lord. I, I don't know. And, and he's like, well, search your spirit. Holy Spirit, what should I say? And the Holy Spirit spoke to my spirit and he said, I said, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So what you really want that person to do is not take care, but be wise. And he said, say, be wise. Or go in peace. That doesn't quite sound with our culture, so be wise is what I fell on. Go in the strength of the Lord. People used to say this, Godspeed. That's a good thing. That's a good one, right? But he said, be wise. Being wise is great because being wise, the only wisdom that's true wisdom comes from God. So if you're really wise, not just the world's wise, then you're putting on the wisdom of God. So don't say, be careful. Be wise. Then it says this. How about, have you ever heard somebody saying, well, my old man back home or my, my old ball and chain. <laughs> Anybody ever heard somebody say that? If y'all said it, don't tell me. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Is that what you want? You want an old crumbly woman or man at home that's just old and, you know, weighs you down and beat up and wrinkly? No. No. This is not what we say. How, what could we say? Look, my spouse is of God. Well, if they're of God, what are they? They're alive, life to the fullest. Moses climbing mountains, could see over into the other side. His eyes were not dim. Um, I think we, uh, Mara Mountain over here, anybody ever climbed up it? The mountain that Moses climbed up, if I remember correctly, um, it is five times that height. That's the mountain that Moses climbed at 120. This is the will of God. Not old and crumbly and, and a pain in your bahookas. And weighing you down. So my spouse is of God and their youth is renewed and they are full of life. Man, they are full of life. They're joyful, got plenty of energy. All right, here's another one. Well, that scared me to death. 
really? And here's what you want. Do you want to go scared all the way to death? Because if you don't want to go there, you're setting the course. And then somebody goes on down the road a few years and somebody jumps out. Of, ah! <laughs> and they wonder how they got there. And they're up in heaven with, with, with Peter. And he's like, what, what are you doing here? You're, you're early. He's like, they scared me to death. <laughs> don't, don't set that course. You look, that shocked me. That's okay to say. That shocked me. <laughs> that shocked me. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> How about this? I'm scared. I'm just scared. Well, I'm scared is not of God. That does not fit the requirements. See, we're only scared because we don't know who God is. See, we're saying the wrong things because we don't know who He is. He says, I am love and there is no fear in love. So if we're scared, we're out of line. We are out of line. And if we put that in our mouth, we're way out of line. We got to know who He is and know that He is faithful. God is faithful. That's what we can say to that. I'm not scared. It'll turn out all right. I'm not scared. How about this? Uh, confessing bad habits over someone. Like this. Like, they'll never get that straight. I'm just, and we generally do it out of anger. They'll never turn. They'll never forgive me. They're, they'll always be lazy. How many people had, you know, even parents confess stuff like that over you? Or teachers or something? They'll never amount to anything. See, we've got to start turning those confessions, confess good habits. You know, Nicole's all the time talking about Brian is always on time. Why? Because I needed that spoken over me. <laughs> He's always on time. But in the world, you might say something like, he'll be late to his own funeral. Mm-mm. That, that, that's a bad, bad words. That's not godly words. That's not bringing life. That's not bringing excellence of character. How about this? Now, here's one. I am so proud of you. Whoop. Anybody ever use that before? Like this week? <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. Well, ho, 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 time out. Pride, I don't ever remember that being mentioned in the fruit of the Spirit. Anybody remember pride being in there? I remember that, that God hates pride. And you know what we're really saying when we say, I'm proud of you? You know what we're saying? A lot of times what we're saying is, I did a good job in you. I can see me in you. Or we're saying, you did really good and I'm so proud of you for what you did good. But here's the problem with that. Every good and perfect gift comes from who? God. So what we're doing is we're giving the person the glory, but who are we not giving the glory to? God. This is part of the reason why that statement's really bad. So again, I went to the Lord. I said, well, Lord, I, I said, I'm really, you know, sometimes I feel that, that where we would normally say, I'm proud of you. I said, what should I say in that moment? And God said, what did I say? I said, and I remembered back when Jesus got baptized and he said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Say, I'm so pleased with you. I'm so pleased with you. Anybody ever, has anybody caught something already that they need to correct? <laughs> All right, good. 
How about this? I can't wait till this afternoon we're going to have a cookout. I can't wait. I can't wait. You can't. What does that really mean? I can't. That means you ain't going to make it. <laughs> if I can't wait, that means my waiting is going to get stopped before I get there. That means you just limited yourself. Completely limited. I can't wait. It sounds good because of the way we use it in society. But it is not bringing fullness of life. It's saying that there's a limit. But God says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. See, that's completely opposite. And yet we just say it all the time. I can't wait. Look, here's what you can say. And this is good. This is a good one. I am looking forward to it. Now, see, that's godly. I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Then that's a way you can say it in society and then you're not weirding people out. I'm looking forward to it. But if I say I can't wait, I'm putting a, an end to me. Uh, one will get on, well, it's, it's right here. How about this? You'll, you'll notice this. Well, I'd be doing all right, but my arthritis. Who's arthritis? Or, or, or my cancer or my this, or my that, or I'm this, or I'm that, that is any kind of sickness or disease or lack or bondage, and they'll claim it as mine. Well, if you keep claiming it as mine, you'll have it. Uh, you got to understand, God doesn't want anything to do with that in you. That is not of Him. You go into uh, uh, Deuteronomy 28, any sickness and disease is a part of the curse. Now see, I'm, I, I can feel it now. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm hitting some toes. I can feel it. But here's what you got to decide: Am I going to humble myself and allow myself to be changed and love on Jesus, or am, and make some difference and become a better ambassador and set the course of my life, or am I going to stand up and well, you, you just gone too far. You just splitting hairs. Hmm. I'm splitting hairs with the world, but I'm not splitting hairs with God. God's very specific. And when he says death and life is in the power of the tongue, he meant it. And guess what? It's true whether you like it or not. <laughs> you got to say, instead of my arthritis or my whatever, I'm healed. This is not who I am. I'm the, I'm the wholeness of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't, I'm not bound by that junk. That's junk. That's a part of the curse. I'm redeemed from the curse. <laughs> this one right now, it's been, it's been uh, punching me in the kidneys when I hear people say it. It's like, you killed it. Man, you did so good, you killed it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no. They killed it. Man, did you hear Barrett? She got up here, she killed those announcements. I don't want her to kill the announcements. I want her to give life to the announcements. I'm so glad you don't kill it. They killed it. There's nothing in God in killing. That's the devil's business. And we, you know, we may laugh at that, but man, we just associated God with the devil. And we think it's, you know, I mean, it is kind of funny the way I presented it, but it's not funny in the spirit. I'm not even going to tell you who I've been hearing say that the most. Look, 
All you got to do, you know, God said it like this. He said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Stop having to throw exaggeration on there for effect. You know, stop firing your words all fire for effect. Stop it. You're not just trying to get a result out of somebody. You're trying to communicate and create as an ambassador. All right. We're creating. We're changing things. We're not, our words aren't cheap. They're not going any, nowhere. They're going somewhere. They're doing something. We're not just firing for effect. We're doing it for a purpose. We're doing it to bring life and create. We want to see the effect of God, not just show up and, and let everybody laugh or something. We want effect of God, the kingdom of God. Fire for effect is a, is a good thing. It's, it's when they, you want to see that effect done. But what I'm saying is you're not just throwing rounds down range. You're not just throwing them down range. You're not just, you know, oh, let's just see where this goes. No, no, no. We're, we're firing on purpose. We're creating on purpose. And it says, so what we would say is instead of you killed it, you could say, you did awesome. Now, you did godly. That's what that's saying. God is awesome. You're saying you allowed God to come through you and be awesome in you. Amen. You partnered up with God. You did great. That, there was so much life in that. All right. You can say it in different ways, but just make it godly. All right. How about this? I'm so tired. God, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. How about I'm full of life full of life, full of energy. I sleep well. How about this one? This is what I was talking about earlier. I can't stand it when they do this. I can't stand it. What does that mean? That means I cannot stand any longer for this. In other words, I am going to reach the end of my fuse and we're going to see what can't standing it brings about. They say that one more time, I can't stand it when they talk like that. And then they talk like that again, and all of a sudden you find out you can't stand it. You blew up on them, and you're like, why did I blow up on them? Because you've been saying I can't stand it for years now. Can't stand that person. And then all of a sudden that person comes in, and you just fly off the handle, and, and you're like, why did I do that? I don't, I don't want to do that. That's not me. You're right. It's not you, but you've been confessing it and setting the course of your life in your words. I can't stand whatever. And then you find out there is an end if you keep setting that course. This is not fullness of life. This is not creating posit you know, positive things. This is not setting people free. These little things, this is how the devil throws terminology into a culture and into a language and he takes that whole culture, that whole society and binds them, limits them, puts them in a box when you were designed to operate without limits in God. I'm probably go through these, I can't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, oh man. I don't function without coffee. <laughs> we'll just leave that one right there. I don't even have to explain that one. <laughs> How about I am full of the strength and energy of God? God's my energy drink. Amen. How about this, parents? 
Get down off that couch. You're going to break your neck. <laughs> Get down off that couch. You're going to break the neck. Break your neck. We say stuff like that all the time. Why? Because our parents said the same stuff. Well, at some point, if your parents didn't stop being worldly in their words, you picked up the responsibility as you grew older that you need to stop it before your kids have the same thing passed to them. What again, what do we want them to be? Do we want them to be safe? Do we want our kids to be safe? No, you don't. Not in the world's eyes. You want them to be dangerous to the devil. That's the place where they'll be the most protected. There's a difference between the protection of God and the safety of the world. Remember in the end times they'll preach peace and safety. In the end time, well that's not godly. There's a reason why he talked about that because everybody's trying to bring peace and not say anything that would clear up an issue, be politically correct, and be safe. You don't want them to be safe. I want them to be obedient to God. That's going to put you in some positions that are not safe in the world's eyes, but I, they can be completely protected by God. There's a big difference between. I don't want them to be safe. I want them to be wise. I want them to be furious on fire for God. I want them to be flames of fire. Is Jesus safe? No. He's a flame of fire. He's a, he's a wild lion. At the same time, he's that lamb. He's gentle. You see, he, this, these are things where we have to renew our minds. See, if we don't know this stuff about the Word, then it's easy for us to just spout off stuff. All right? I won't, all right, so I see my, my Luke climbing up on something like he enjoys doing, right? Three points contact, son. Make sure you got three points contact. I'm teaching him to be wise. But I want him. You know, uh, this is uh, we, a few years ago. We were in Texas, and in Fort Worth, they have what's called the Water Gardens. And there's this one uh, mountain of rock. And I would say that there's about a foot and a half, maybe a foot to a foot and a half each step up. But it's only about eight inches deep, right? Uh, so each step is about eight inches deep, and then goes up a foot and a half. Well, that, it's pretty steep, right? And so Rachel, this was, I don't know, two or three years ago, she gets up there and she's starting to climb up this mountain of rock. And I'm thinking, inside of me, I'm feeling the fear, right? Like I don't want her to fall, you know, one wrong step and she's, it'd be hard for me to save her, right? But she goes, can I climb up it, Daddy? And part of me was going, no. And another part of me was like, that's my girl, you know? And I was like, and I'm thinking, I'm going through this real quick. Lord, what do you want me to do here? And uh, first of all, see, I can know when I know God and I'm in intimacy with him, I can know if there's danger present. Lord, is anything bad going to happen here? No. Teach her to be wise. This is a great learning example. And do not quench her. Let that... Let that fear be quenched, but don't quench her desire to stretch for the things of God. Don't limit her thinking as a child by teaching her to be scared of that mountain. So now we're preaching now. Don't limit her. So okay. I said, look, 
You be wise, one step at a time, three points of contact, get up that mountain, girl. That is not what I was feeling on the inside. That is not what the logic in my brain was telling me. Get up that mountain. What am I doing? Now, see, if I, let's, let's look at it. So she just went, boom, zoom, right up that thing. I'm like, she's like up there, like happy. Man, she accomplished something, and she did. I climbed up there with him. I was like, get away from the edge. <laughs> you know, it was high up, and it was, look, you know, it, look, you know, that rock looked hard, and the edges, and, you know, whoo. Anyway, so I'm like, she accomplished something. Now let's look at the reverse. What if I'd have said, be safe? Well, she'd have never climbed up that mountain. And what would I have taught her to do the rest of her life? Don't stretch for anything. Don't trust the Lord. Don't ask Him. Don't be wise. Don't, don't shoot for the stars and anything. And, and, well, you didn't do that. You just protected her. From what? Protected her from what? Protected her from the will of God for her to stretch and increase? No. I would, what I protected her from, really, is, is in telling her to go, is I protected her from my fears. My fears. Well, it helped break me free too. So, get off of that couch. You're going to break your neck. No, no, no. Be wise. In other words, seek the Lord. Hear from Him. There's times where He will say, don't do that. Do not do that. It's the wrong time to go. I've had Him do that. He'll tell you. This is why we want to grow in our intimacy with God. How about this? This kid will be the death of me. See, you're catching them. Now I say them, y'all are like, ooh. You know, and that's the way it needs to be. We will, how about this? We will get through this with the wisdom and the favor of God. We, I will teach this kid how to apply this passion that they have and put it in the right area. With the wisdom and the favor of God, we'll get through this and this will go awesome. Ooh. I'm not a people person. How about this? I have the mind of Christ. You might not like people. Guess what? I didn't like people. You believe that? That's because I put my flesh down. Because it was true. I did not like people. I was shy. I got in trouble in school for being shy. You believe that? It was true. I got called down. So why am I able to do the things that I do now? Because I decided to put on the mind of Christ instead of continuing making these confessions over my life. I had to let God be God in me and teach me what I really liked. And what I really liked, I found out I actually enjoyed people very much. I enjoyed, I enjoy this very much. It's easy for me. A lot of people, they're like, well, I get nervous every time I get in front of people. I don't have that anymore. I, it's rare for me to get nervous in front of people now. And there's preachers, they'll say, I get nervous every time I get up there. I, I don't do that. Like, this is natural for me. I like that. I like it. And it's good. But that wasn't the way I was. That wasn't the way my flesh was. So you can say I'm not a people person. We can have different things and different tendencies, different personalities. But the thing is, make sure that you don't limit yourself by speaking something over you. Make sure that you allow God to speak over you and call you what you are and show you what you are instead of limiting that. I'm getting sick. No, nope, I'm healed now. 
I can't help it. I will live by the Spirit, and I will put down the flesh. Oh, boy. I got to say what I think. There's people that believe that. I can't stop it. I just got to say it. I've heard people say that. That's not true. That's completely anti-Bible. That's living by your feelings and not having any filter and no, no discipline whatsoever. <laughs> I got to say what I think. And see, the world has taught us that we got to say that no matter what because I just got to be me. I just got to be real. I just got to be real. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you do not. Imagine how many things Jesus wanted to tell his disciples he didn't tell them. Imagine how many things Jesus knew but he didn't say. Because the only thing he said was what he heard his father say. Jesus could have been real, real. I mean, he walks to the well and he like calls out that one, yeah, and you got the five five husbands and they ain't your husbands and all that. Imagine everybody he's passing by, mm, they got mm -hmm, mm -hmm, they got this, they got that. Thank goodness Jesus wasn't real. They wouldn't have been able to handle it. That's right. See, that's living by feelings that we are supposed to put down. I will be slow to speak and take every thought captive. I'm just sick and tired of it. How about, I am an overcomer and I have the victory in Christ. Oh, it is what it is. Really? I'm thinking we're supposed to create the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. I don't care what it is. We're supposed to change it. We're still supposed to bring the life of God to it. See, can you see the limits that we put on ourselves by the word? See, the devil don't have to do much when he's taught us how to do this. The corrupted world has taught us how to set our own course towards death. The world is going to hell. It is one of the worst things you can say. This world's going to hell. In a handbasket, some people add that. <laughs> well, it may be looking like that, but last I heard, you're the light of the world through Christ, and are, is the light just there just to look pretty or have an effect? then that means we need to be putting faith towards that effect, towards being that light. I'm changing things. Hey, look, I can walk into a whole room. It may be filled full of people that's just all corrupted by the world, but I walk in, we walk in, we ought to be saying, the light here now. Yeah. And we're shining the light. The love of Jesus, it's here now. We're changing stuff. Stuff's changing in this room, amen? Stuff is changing. So instead of saying this world's going to hell, we can say we're the light of the world and the world is responding. The world's responding. That's faith. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. My youth is renewed like the eagle and I can do all things and I am renewing my mind to Christ. 
See, all the, we're talking about stuff that's completely opposite of the will of God. That'll never happen. That'll never happen. They ain't never changing. That'll never happen. Well, some God's going to bless me with a car. That'll never happen. You just throw in your hope. Uh-uh. The Word says that all things you see, they're temporal. And you can say this, put it in this language today. That thing, that's subject to change. Not, not that'll never happen. That's subject to change. Amen. Amen. This is going to take forever. <laughs> Man, this is going to take forever. God orders our steps, and faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is now. I, I can put faith towards that instead of it's going to take forever. Uh, how about, I can't remember. This is one the Lord's been getting me on recently. The Holy Spirit's been helping teach me. I can't remember. Mm -mm. I have the mind of Christ. Amen. I have perfect memory. Amen. Perfect memory. What is that? It's coming to me now. I'm calling it into being. What is that? I have the mind of Christ. The Lord started talking to me about that one recently. I can't win for losing. Or one step forward, two steps back. No, 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 no. God is always leading me to triumph, and he will provide the way of escape. That means I'm not going backwards. God has not designed us to go backwards. If we go backwards, generally it's our own fault for not believing, not believing the right things or speaking the right things. But we're going to triumph. And we may take a shortcut or a detour from what we thought was going to happen, but we're going to triumph, 2 Corinthians 2.14. If I didn't have bad luck, I would have no luck at all. It was so funny because as we were going over this list, I wanted to give you enough stuff to really get you thinking about this and realizing how much stuff have we been saying that ain't God. How many people has had more than two things since I've been talking? How about more than five, ten, twenty? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. While we were talking about this and going over this, I think, uh, who, who said... Who said one about the country song? <laughs> yes. Stephen said, I, after all these con bad confessions, he said, I've done wrote like 10 country songs. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> how about this one the Lord really corrected me on? Um, how you doing? How you doing, John? How's everything going? Man, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And one day I was saying that, and you know what happened? It was the most amazing thing. My life kept getting busier and busier and busier. And one day I was really, like, stressed out on all the busyness. And somebody said, they said, how you doing? And I said, man, I'm so busy. And the Holy Spirit said, you want to be busy? And I went, uh-uh. No, I don't. He said, what do you want? I said, I want to be efficient and productive. He said, then say that. Somebody said, how you doing? I was, Man, I am being so productive. I'm getting so much stuff done. See, getting so much stuff done doesn't have to take a lot of time. It just means I'm getting it done. 
So see, I'm not limiting myself to only getting a lot done over a long period of time. Amen? Amen. Uh, this is one um, Deb heard on one of the uh, series that she was listening to. I'm going to work. Everybody's going, what's wrong with that? <laughs> well, it's just a little bit of a mindset because we're redeemed from the curse. And part of the curse was toil. See, the more you know about God, the more you start to realize what is and what isn't him. Are we going to work? It's not that we shouldn't work. It's that we shouldn't toil. In our mind, we have this idea of toil. So are we going to work or are we going to reap? You see? So it's just a mind. See, we're not supposed to really be working in the sense that we're toiling over something. We're supposed to work by faith in obedience and reap. So instead of saying, I'm going to work, and it's not something, you know, most people are not going to understand that without hearing a message on it. But the thing is, we need to get it in our head. I'm reaping. So when we go in, we clock in Monday morning, I am reaping today. Today is my receiving day. Hallelujah. God's bringing me favor. He's going to bless me at this work. I'm going to get bonuses. I'm going to sell houses. I'm going to do whatever it is. But I'm reaping today. Today is my receiving day. See, there's a difference in that mindset. Then I'm going to work. I'm going to work. All of a sudden, you enter that day with a lot different expectation. You set the course. I have to pay for this. I got to pay for my kids' college. Well, first of all, uh, who told you they're supposed to go to college? Oh, I'm I'm getting in some mess now. <laughs> who told you that? Who taught you that no college equals no future? It's not what God said. God said, "I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope." My future is not wrapped up. In college, my future is wrapped up in God. Amen. Now we're preaching. My future is wrapped up in Him. And then if you think they got to go to see, if you keep saying they got to go to college, they got to go to college, they got to go to college, maybe God didn't want them to go to college. Maybe they'll go to college. They'll get a hold of some, some boy or some girl God never had for them. Maybe they'll learn something that will throw them way off course that they won't correct for years and years later. Maybe they'll go and they'll find God there, but you don't know if you haven't sought him specifically on that issue. But I'm not even really talking about that. I'm talking about when you keep thinking that you've got to pay for something. Do I have to pay for something or do I need to believe God? I don't have to pay for something. I just got to believe. He didn't ask me to pay for it. He asked me to believe for it. They could get a scholarship. They could not go. They could, uh, somebody could pay it for you. You don't have to pay for it. That's limiting. I got to believe God for it. Well, I need a new deck, but I need the money to pay for it. No, you don't. You just need the wood, maybe, or the concrete, and you need some work. You don't need money. You need to believe for it. God's got a whole bunch of different channels for all kinds of different things. Why are you limiting yourself to, self to working extra hours to pay for something when God said believe for it? Well, I got to pay for you know my car. It broke. Maybe you might have favor. He might just give you the work. Somebody might walk up and give you the three hundred and fifty dollars that just went wrong. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways. See, we limit ourselves, we set that course by our words, or we open up the limitations and destroy those limitations. 
How about this? This is one I've... Man, it is too hot. It is too cold. I'm one. Nicole's been the other. It's too hot. It's too cold. All right? Now, wait a minute. It's too... What does that mean? That means it's so much that I can't take it. That's what that too means. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. See, we do that just to get an effect out of somebody. All you got to do is say, it's hot, it, or it's really hot, yeah. but not it's too hot. Because if it's too hot, then there's a limit there, and it goes beyond my limits, which means I'm going to start shutting down in some area. A lot of times, here's the way it does. Well, they just shouldn't have talked to me while it's so hot outside. Don't they know I'm just in dying over here? I'm just miserable. And then we wonder why we blew up at somebody because we kept saying it's too hot. I can't take it. How about this? I don't do whatever. I don't do people. I don't, I don't, I don't do uh, social crowds. I don't do you name it. I don't do whatever. I can do, uh, this is what I wrote down. <laughs> that's the right just don't say that I don't do whatever or I can't or whatever just shh, be quiet how about that just tickles me to death see you're, you're getting it you're seeing it now you're going to hear this all week long you're going to be in your work week and people going to be saying stuff and you're going to be like oh my goodness no wonder you're a pain in my butt well oh go I shouldn't have said that <laughs> no wonder you're Oh, and you're going to want to help them. But let me tell you, you are not the Holy Spirit in their life. And that tickles me to death. You just say, hey, that's really funny. <laughs> it's just really funny. That's awesome. It's so funny. See, we don't have to, see, curse, bring about the curse with our words. We need to bring about life. We need to bring about life. So I think that list was important to go through because it really opens up. Now I'm going to tell you something. Go ahead and give you part of this. But get an accountability partner. Somebody. Now you can't get upset. You can't get upset. Like let's say that John or Nicole and I did this years ago. And we need to do it probably again. But she'd say something. And uh, I'd say, you know, we, we would say at that time, is that your confession? And that would be our check to go, ooh, I don't want to confess that. Now we would say something, we've learned a little bit more, I'd probably say something about, you want me to agree with that? You, know, you want me to agree with you on that confession you just made? Would you like for me to agree with you on that? And they'll go, ooh, no, don't, don't. That just tickles me to death. Would you like for me to agree with you on that? Yeah, make that little face. And they'll go, oh, wait, God, what did I say? Did I say that? A lot of times you don't even know. But get you an accountability partner. And then, but trust me, it's coming back at you. <laughs> because you will say something that you don't even realize you say. And, but that's good because that's the thing. You don't realize you say them. You have no idea how much you actually say that, but we need to. That's why it can help us by doing that. But when you get an accountability partner, look, you can, here, here's almost assuredly what will happen. Boss 
chewing on your tail that day, kids really loud, everything, everybody pulling on you, and you'll walk in and you'll say, God's just too hot. And your and your wife will go, Is it? Would you like for me to agree with you on that? And what you're going to want to say is, shut up, <laughs> you know, but you got to not do that. <laughs> you got to say, all right, when you catch me on that, I'm going to give grace and mercy. No matter how mad I've been feeling, no matter what I've been experiencing, I'm going to say, mm, and learn from it and be humble and grow. That's what you have to do. Amen? Amen. So... I think that's long enough, and I know we made communion. We will do it next week. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, Father, that you are teaching us, and you are helping to guide us to life and life in abundance. Lord, our words are so important. You've designed them to help us be who you've called us to be and live lives that you have paid for us to have in abundance. And Lord, we just receive those words of life in our life. We have the mind of Christ. We have the discipline of the Holy Spirit and we put down our flesh and we speak your words that create, that bring freedom and bring fullness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day. Thanks for hanging in today.